set your alarm for Saturday mornings on KYMN for the Raider Wrap. Join me, Jimmy LaRue, at 10 o'clock each Saturday as I talk with area coaches and gather insight to the ins and outs of high school sports and activities. A.J. Reister will bring you up to date with all the scores and highlights of the week, along with one-on-one interviews in our segment of Meet the Raider. It's all right here Saturday morning starting at 10 a.m. on KYMN 95.1, The One. The One revolutionizes radio with a playlist that lasts for days, not minutes. Joining us now in our studios is Rice County Attorney John Fossum. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jeff. Boy, we've got a lot of news coming out of Rice County this week and some that uh, kind of involve you. And, of course, we're talking about the Rice County Jail. The uh, the Board of Commissioners did vote, a close vote. It was 3-2. It was a split vote. But uh, to build a new jail in a, uh, I guess it's been decided, a green space yet to be determined? That's right. It, it'll be on uh, a piece of land that we haven't, uh, that they haven't selected yet. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know, no one's excited about building a jail and the the prospect of spending uh, 49 50 million dollars to build a new uh, a new jail isn't uh, any high on anybody's priority list, but after 50 years, we've got a jail that's uh, not in in great shape, doesn't meet current standards and and so it's time for us to to invest in in the criminal justice system and build a, a new jail and and uh um, you know, one of the things we, the, you know, the things the committee considered included remodeling the old jail, which um, was at least as expensive and maybe not as effective. Um, and also looking at the uh, where the jail annex is on the the west side of Fairbo on Highway 60, and uh, that space wasn't quite big enough to to fully fully build into, and uh, so the the consensus of the committee was and and that's what the board finally adopted was to build on a on a green space and part of the reason for you know part of the importance of all of it too is to have the uh, the the sheriff's office the law enforcement center right next to the jail because in the in the jail there's only a couple of guards and there's 30 or 40 people in there and and uh if if something happens it's really important to have uh, other uh, sheriff's deputies, other uh, armed, trained law enforcement officers nearby, and if they're right next door in the in the same building, uh, that's better for everybody, and that improves the safety of the jail for both uh, the inmates and for the uh, for for the people working there, the corrections officers who are there. So, I think that's a a good choice, and and I certainly support what the what the committee arrived at and what the uh, the board approved. And you were uh, part of that committee, the uh, committee yes. of the task force that looked into that. Uh, as far as your role on that committee, is that is that done now, or will that committee are they uh, the ones that will go out and find a green space and work on it? Uh, I think administration will be working with uh, you know uh, landowners to find a, a green space that mm-hmm. will be uh, that would be appropriate, and then the the board would approve it at a at a meeting. Um, there'll be a meeting to talk about the, uh, you know, moving forward, how we're going to move forward. Uh, select, you know, we need to select an architect. I mean, really at this point, what we've done is say, this is the direction we're moving. And so we still need to, we still need to have a building designed. 
we still need to uh, uh, get a final cost estimate. We then need to uh, bid out for contractors, and uh, then it, we could bond out for it maybe a year from now and, and do uh, groundbreaking maybe a year from now. So the, this part is really just kind of the initial, let's figure out where we're going. And uh, so deciding that we're going to build a building on green space uh, is really just sort of the initial, you know, the initial step of moving forward and, and solving our issues of having a, a fully functioning jail that we can hold people in for longer periods of time when we need to. Has it been determined yet on what you're going to do with the uh, old jail? Is that uh, something that can be remodeled? And, and also the sheriff's uh, department, because that, they're going to have the new digs as well. Has it been determined yet what's going to happen with those? No, uh, uh, and I think, you know, that's part of the hold was part of the holdup in terms of figuring that out because a lot of people wanted to, to uh, have a, a very clear plan. But on the other hand, we're talking about a building that's not going to be vacated for probably two years from now. We're going to have a groundbreaking, mm -hmm. uh, maybe this time next year. Or so uh, the jail won't be completed for another year after that, and then to move everybody over there is going to take uh, take some time. So, you know, we're not. It's hard to know exactly what we're going to do with a building that size uh, that's going to need a lot of work um, in two years. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's an ongoing story, as you mentioned. Uh, the ball is just rolling in that direction now, so we'll continue to follow that and continue to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about crime, crime in Rice County. Uh, there was a uh, uh, study that came out uh, that said uh, Northfield is, I think, the twelfth our 12th safest city in, uh, in Minnesota. I think Faribault is down there a little bit further. Um, but uh, as far as crimes go in uh, 2020... Maybe not so much in all of Rice County. I don't know where they base that numbers out, but the numbers here in Rice County, uh, a bit uh, as far as just the uh, the crime rate, there's quite a bit of crime last year. Quite a few felonies. Well, you know what, the numbers I can uh, that I have for you today, Jeff, are the numbers from my office, and so mm -hmm. my office charged 570 uh, adult felonies last year, which is more than we've charged uh, in 15 years. 2006 was the last time we had that many charges. So we, we charged out 570 in 2020. Um, in 2019, we had 365, 2018, three, 374. And the last time we had a, a, a big number was 2013, where we had 472. So, um, you know, basically our office has been charging out a lot more over the last through 2020 than, than we did in prior years. And uh, sometimes that's stuff that happened earlier. Sometimes it takes a while for things to move through, for investigations to be completed. Um, and some of that could be the, the shutdown. And I can't, I don't have a breakdown for you as to what it all is. You know, anecdotally, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of drug charges. We've had a lot of overdoses. We've had a lot of things going on. Uh, we've had a lot of property crimes that have been charged out uh, that w that would be felonies um, but I can't tell you exactly the breakdown or that they all occurred in 2020 only that that's that's how many we charged out so it could be just part of it could just be catching up during the pandemic as as we had had time to, to look through old files and make sure that we got things done. Do you know, typically that uh, doesn't necessarily, even though we have 500 plus uh, felonies charged, 
um, that doesn't necessarily mean, I guess, 500 crimes. Uh, you could have one person do one thing and have that uh, act result in maybe three or four felony charges. Is that correct? Do you see that? Um, these would be 570 cases. Mm-hmm. But if there's four people involved and, and it's one crime, that would be four different cases from okay. our perspective. So, you know, you one one felony theft that, that five people are involved in would be five cases. So it's a, uh, you know, it, but if there's four charges against one person, uh, our system would count that as one case. As one case. Okay. All right. Um you know, you mentioned the drugs, and you've had some issues with drugs. There have been some. There was one in particular, a very good story coming out of uh, drug court. Uh, you had a recent graduate um, uh, make a big step. Yeah, one of our graduates uh, actually graduated a couple of years ago uh, when uh, when Judge Neville was still our, our drug court judge. Uh, has uh, so turned. Uh, you know, turned her life around that she just graduated from college. She got her uh, associate's degree from college this weekend. So it's just a tremendous victory for that young woman. And what a, you know, what a great uplifting story. And, and, you know, if instead of treatment court, she'd been in prison for five years, um, she, she might not have achieved that. That, Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's just, it's a testament to her and her ability to, to, uh, take the tools and and use them and and also to the to the programming to say that you know this is a a, a case where treatment court um, really really worked out for somebody and really achieved something for the community and to have instead of spending thirty three thousand dollars a year to keep a person in prison where we have them in the community they're working they're paying taxes and and going to school and and accomplishing things and and that's something for her to be proud of and I think something for the treatment court to be proud of that that they've accomplished by uh being a success for for this young woman all right good story i like that uh one more thing i want to talk to you about and that is uh reopening uh, you, we have talked about that uh you know the last few months well really for the past year plus <laughs> but uh it looks like uh have you actually had a court case yet or is that coming up uh, and are they on the schedule yet we had jury trials calendared last week and this week, and uh, they uh, none of them actually went to trial. Um, they got uh, resolved, or uh, I think one of them got continued. But uh, they, you know, we made progress on some of those cases anyway. Uh, and according to the court administrator, we have 230 cases yet to calendar for jury trial and 24 that are currently calendared for jury trial, which gets us through through the month and I think into June. And uh, they'll still be calendaring the jury trials going forward. I think we've got, I actually think we've got jury trials calendared out into July so far. So um, the courtroom is ready. The lawyers are ready. The courts are ready. Everybody wants to get back to work to processing these cases. But you know, as, as I've told you before, the, the vast majority of our cases resolve without a jury trial. And so setting the case for jury trial is an incentive for, for resolution, gives everybody a chance to think about their case and, and what they need to do with it and uh, resolve it if, if that's appropriate. So uh, I think that's what we're achieving by having mm-hmm. these cases calendared. And I think that's a, a big improvement over where we were for the last 
14 months where we had no idea when anything was going to happen. So we got a couple of cases that are calendared for jury trial on Monday, and I think at least one of them will actually go to a jury trial. So um, we'll get the test of our custom-built COVID courtroom on Monday. All right. Uh, as far as how many trials that you can uh, handle at one time, is just one at one, any given time? In terms of jury trials, yes. We can do only one trial at a time, probably only one jury trial uh, a week. Uh, we have three district court judges. Uh, we have one jury trial courtroom. We have one place to keep our jurors that is uh, COVID safe. And so as long as we're in lockdown, we're going to have one, but even under normal circumstances, uh, our judges are busy enough doing civil cases, divorces, family law, uh, and new criminal cases that uh, the court really can't tie up uh, two of them at a time in a jury trial, and we don't really have a space for, for two juries to uh, to be uh, for us to... Uh, be able to try mm -hmm. two jury trials at a time we're just we're not ramsey county dakota county we don't have those kind of facilities we just don't have that much room all right now as far as uh, the uh, judges uh, actually being in court are they still doing everything zoom remotely or with uh, some sort of uh, remote platform uh, or are they seeing uh, are they doing other things within the courtroom most of the uh, hearings are by zoom sometimes the judges do them from chambers sometimes they do them from the courtroom uh, but as as we go forward, we're going to have in-person uh, contested hearings where people are testifying. I think those are going to go back to in-person shortly. Mm -hmm. Our jury trials will be in-person, so on Monday we'll have in-person jury trials. And uh, I think all of our other contested evidentiary hearings will be in-person going forward. So are you just uh, kind of waiting for the governor to give the 70% uh, okay or... Uh, will things at that point will that trigger a return to normalcy? Uh, I think it will, uh, but we're also kind of waiting for the for the uh, Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court kind of controls the courts and says when they can reopen, how they can reopen, and also our district court judges have some control over that. So they were going to return to in person hearings in April, and they they pushed that off a little bit. But I think they'll be returning in person very shortly. And so uh, I think when we have these contested hearings on, on uh, constitutional issues, what we call omnibus hearings, uh, and we have people testifying, I think those are going to be in person. All right. Anything else, John? Uh, I think that's what I've got for you today, Jeff. All right. Well, thanks for stopping in. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again uh, real soon. Thanks a lot. Nice to see you. Rice County Attorney John Fossum, you are listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KY Bed Northfield.